Hi, I'm Carrie Ann from Lofty. Today, I'm talking to Alyssa Dory of Koshik Styling here in Chicago. We're gonna be talking about transitions in entrepreneurship, what it's like to be a working mother and a business owner, and motivation. I'm excited you're here. Thank I'm you you're here. for agreeing to do this today. You're welcome, thanks for having me. And letting us do it in your beautiful home workspace, right? Yeah. Which works well as the stylist. So, yeah, so um, for anyone that is joining us today, the thing that I love about meeting you, and I know we're gonna talk a little bit about it, is that I actually met you when you were sort of on small business venture number one, and now you're in small business venture number two. Yes. Um, and so you really were, for me, um, a resource that I was using when I was in the corporate world to help bring and infuse a little more of my personality into my own style. And so it was just a really natural thing for me. Um, when I started my own business, you were actually one of the very first people that I reached out to, and sort of when I was sitting they're thinking who do I know who do I know who's someone who could maybe help me out and tell me um, <laughs> where to go what to do you know all these people I want to meet and so we had coffee and we reconnected and it was amazing because you'd uh, I think had your stylist business for at least over a year you might have been on year two I'm trying to remember it was like I think about a year yeah, so you, but you had already had a successful, you know, sort of startup under your belt. You were on number two, applying what you learned. And um, so that's how we met, which I, I'm so excited that then you've been able to be my stylist. So, you know, today making sure that I'm looking okay. Um, so yeah, so thank you, Alyssa, for joining. Um, so what I wanna do is just sort of jump in and um, I think your story and kind of your background is gonna organically come out of our conversation. But um, as you know, what our goal is, is to really help provide resources to other people who are thinking about starting their own business and are curious about how have other, especially women, um, done this successfully. And so that is one of the, the requirements for my guests is I look for people in my own network who I see as very successful and um, can teach all of us um, new tricks of the trade. So one of the things that we talked about ahead of time um, that I was just want to start with is the piece of advice, uh, maybe a piece of advice that you've received along the way that maybe has sort of stuck with you as you've been on this journey of entrepreneurship. What was it? Yeah. Um, well, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Uh, so I actually recently heard this piece of advice from a friend and it's kind of been, you know, going through my mind for the past few years since I've had my business, but um, I really liked how she put it. And she said that comparison is the thief of joy. Okay. So I love that. It's so succinct and it's so, it really makes you think when you're, you know, scrolling through Instagram and seeing other entrepreneurs and, um, you know, of course it's good to be motivated by other people who are doing well and, you know, you want to be in those people's circles, but sometimes, um, you know, it's hard and you compare yourself to others and you're like, oh my gosh, she's here and I want to be doing that. And, um, you know, I just have to think to myself that I'm really happy with where I am. Um, I feel successful and I just need to, you know, accept where I am in my business and, um, you know, move forward, but not try to be comparing myself all the time to other, not only just other stylists, but also other business owners as well. That's such a great piece of advice. And I think 
I can relate to that on so many levels. I think I've had a similar, so comparison is the thief of joy yes. is how it goes. Okay. I think I've heard a very similar um, kind of piece of advice in my career, which was something about never try to compare your insides to someone else's outsides. Yeah. Just sort of a similar perspective, right? And it came to me from a mentor who consider a wise sage have been it longer <laughs> than me. And um, I think that's great because I think especially in the world that we're in today as a small business owner, it's easy to, to get into comparison mode, right? You, it starts as maybe some simple research. I know I tell people to do that all the time, right? Who, who are your top competitors? And knowing things like that are really piece, key pieces of the puzzle. Um, but the reality of sort of what happens in the social media environment is I think it can be a really quick switch that flips within you where it goes from gathering information and sort of being inspired by others to this instant, well, gosh, I'm not there. My, my content doesn't look like that. Wow. And you start to go down sort of an assumption trap. And before you know it, it can kill all the joy you have for your idea. Yeah. And I think that you know, it's a good thing if you're different from other people that you're looking at. You you don't want to be the mirror image of a competitor or, you know, any other business because you want to be unique and you want to have differentiators. So I think that's important to keep in mind, too. Yeah. So I'm curious now to just put you on the spot a little bit. Have you found that happen to you over the years? Like maybe that example I just gave of social media or maybe even out networking where something sort of naturally has come up and you've sort of had that comparison is happening. It's the thief of my joy. What, what do you do? Yeah, so for me, it's mostly just on social media. And I know that it's so ridiculous because we know that everybody's social media feed is not the real life, right? I mean, that's just a fact. Right. Um, so, you know, sometimes it'll happen to me if I'm having a slow month or, um, I don't know, maybe I've spent more time with my daughter that week instead of, you know, working more. And so it kind of just, you know, gets the wheels turning and sometimes it is a really good source of inspiration and I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, this quote is really motivating me to go do this. Um, but then sometimes I'm like, oh, wow, that, that woman started after me and she's doing all this stuff. But then I kind of sit back and I think, well, do I really want to be doing that? Like, you know, I like right. what I'm doing. Yeah. So I think, I think it's important to put it into perspective. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a really good point. Um, but I, I love that. I love that quote and just even the way it's, it's phrased, yeah, I think is great. great. It is. I know. So comparison is the thief of joy. That's our takeaway there. That's really good <laughs> advice. And, you know, just kind of thinking about that and um, thinking about your story and sort of how that may or may not have come up for you over the years. I would love it if you would talk a little bit about how you first found clients. So I, you know, I mentioned that you had um, owned a business and then now you're on your second business. So I'm sure that is part of the story. But yeah, just, you know, as I think about especially for myself, that's something that, you know, was a struggle for me as I first got started. You sort of have a network, but you know that network isn't enough. And so, um, yeah, tell me a little bit about that. Sure. So my first business was a women's clothing boutique. And uh, I had a lot of loyal customers coming in like Carrie Ann. Um, and so part of 
the way I got started was just um, word of mouth and telling my current customers what I was going to be doing, that I was going to be starting a, a wardrobe styling business. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of people coming into the store asking for my advice um, on styling. So it was kind of just a natural progression for me. Uh, and I ended up closing the boutique and I sent out um, an email blast just explaining, you know, one chapter's closed, but the next chapter is starting. And, um, you know, I would love any connections that you have, or if you want my help, I would love to help you. Um, so it was kind of just starting with the, the customers that, that I had at the boutique. And then I really started getting involved in uh, like women in business networking groups and that kind of stuff to really expand my network. That's great. And I one thing I love about that is that you weren't afraid to ask uh, for help, right? Because I think that um, sometimes we have a tendency to think, well, I, I have all the tools or I should be able to find all the tools and I'm just gonna sort of do this on my own. But I think the secret to growing a business quickly is really working your network and um, using your network, not being afraid to ask those champions of you in your network, especially people who understand you know what you're really great at and are inspired by you and excited and to ask them you know who do they know and I mean I know you know the example comes up a lot for me with my friends that are real estate agents they are yes. they are and they are not afraid to do that and I I take that away um, every time I talk with one of them as you know it's it's never comes across as too salesy it's so especially when it just comes from an authentic place mm -hmm. so i love that you um you did that and i'm assuming that it, it did start to show some results right away or did, did you kind of go through immediate growth and then a slowdown and then sort of a secondary phase of growth or what did that look like yeah that's exactly how it happened actually so um a few of the people that i reached out to did end up hiring me um so you know i had that initial set of clients and then there was a little bit of a slower period and then I was like okay I got to get myself out there which is scary um, I'm not like the most bubbly person uh, so I, I know it's intimidating but you just got to do it everybody at these networking events everybody's there for the same reason so you know no one's gonna be mean you just introduce yourself and you know make friends and have a good time um, so I that's what I told myself and I got out there and then I kind of had that second um, you know, set of clients. And then over time, people have hired me for multiple seasons to help them. Um, and then, you know, I get referrals and do other networking events and just try to be involved in different groups um, within the city. Yeah. And I think that's, that's perfect to talk about all the different ways you do it. The other thing that's interesting is you're talking, I was thinking, you know, a lot of what you do, so it is styling people and you have sort of different services that you offer from, you know, for me, for example, st just helping me in my everyday wardrobe, a closet clean out. I know you work um, a bit in the bridal side of the business too, you know, we're special events. And so those are natural places we think of styling. But one thing that's interesting that I was just thinking is as you talked about that, it also reminds me a lot of when I hear people in any type of professional services. So any type of consulting business, mm -hmm. you know, and really again, where that network is so important. Um, and even when you are a little nervous about it, just going out there and doing it, right? And and the, the one thing that you just said that really resonated with me is that everybody else is there to do the same thing. Right. And so keeping in that in mind, um, I mean, as I just imagine myself going to a networking event, hearing your voice in my head, I think, oh, huh, it feels a little better, right? Yeah. 
yeah. everybody's in the same boat. Yeah. So one other thing I'm curious about um, is we talk about sort of that part of your story and the pivot to your styling business was I'm just curious what it was like to kind of go mm. through the decision-making process to say, you know, I've had this boutique, I've been doing this styling, um, things are going well. As I look at my sort of growth and what I want to be doing personally for balance in life or, you know, just um, fulfillment and what I'm doing professionally, what was that pivot like for you to make that choice to sort of close the boutique and go into the styling side? Sure. Uh, I really did enjoy having the boutique um, and one of the things that I loved most about it was meeting people and connecting with the customers and having that one-on-one -on -one time and helping them with their specific style and helping them to feel more confident you know, in their own skin and helping them kind of develop their personal style. So um, the retail business is tough and um, it was tough having the brick and mortar. Uh, so eventually um, I had the boutique with my mom and my sister and we decided that as much as we loved it it just wasn't really making economical sense anymore to keep the store uh, so because of the fact that I really loved styling clients um, and I still wanted to be my own boss <laughs> um, so that that's how I decided to start the business and I did some research on other personal styling businesses in the city and in the US um, and I kind of found my niche and um, I felt like there weren't many options for more approachable personal styling for you know normal people and not not celebrities not yeah you know the rich and famous um, so I really love just working with everyday women, men and women, but mostly women. <laughs> yeah, which I think it's great when you know your target audience, you know who you know um, is sort of that primary audience, and we all have secondary audiences too, as you mentioned there. But I mean, I think the fact that as you, you know, you're telling that part of your story, that you organically felt, you know, there's this need for a pivot. And um, I'm sure at the time it probably, there were mixed emotions about it, um, but, you know, the fact that you were able to sort of evaluate where, you know, where am I finding success? What do I enjoy doing most? Mm -hmm. What are the things that if I let those parts of the business go, you know, and, and evolved it in this different direction and took this chance and made this pivot that I could, you know, maybe find sort of the cash flow I need, the more rewarding work. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, I think that's such a reality of owning your own business. I know I'm finding it in year two that already I feel like I've made about three or four mini pivots in terms of who the target audience is that I'm working with. Um, and some of that happens organically, right? You can't know everything when you go into it. You go into a business with your, your goal and your vision and you you try it right right so I, I mean I think that's that's really amazing and the fact that you know there is success still in that story because I'm sure you learned an awful lot and I know oh, yeah. I know from being one of your clients that the thing for me that uh, is just consistent about that was the experience with you right the styling that I received when I was in your store is the same styling that I get now um, and I'm sure that you know clients that have been like me on the journey feel the same way and that's a good transition because my next question is about what is your superpower? And, you know, I love the word superpower because, um, I mean, it just gets to clearly what makes us unique. Um, so for you, I, I would just be, actually, I'd be curious to know, I, I have, 
I have an opinion of what your superpower Ooh. is, but I want to know what, what you think it is. Sure. So I love this question and I thought a lot about this and I've thought a lot about what differentiates me from other stylists. And I think that um, my superpower is that I'm a really good listener. So I really listen to my clients and, um, you know, what they think they need and also kind of help them anticipate what they might need. Um, and I just really want to make people feel comfortable. You know, I'm not all about the, the trends and, um, you know, the flashy fashion. Um, I, I love fashion, but I think that there's a place for it. And styling is more you know, what are people going to wear every day and what are they specifically going to be most comfortable in? Yeah, I, I love that. And it's, so it's, do you want to know what my answer yeah. is? I think that part of your superpower, it's so interesting that you said listening, because I think it's very related. I was going to say that you have this ability to help people feel very comfortable with you right from the beginning, from the first time, you know, I walked in and you had, I remember at the time, you know, kind of a range of options. A lot of the clothing was comfortable, right? To wear and sort of chic at the same time, which is why I really enjoyed your store and um, was, was drawn to it. But I remember that just also interacting with you from the first time that um, I tried something on and I said, well, I'm not sure, you know, and you had, um, you had an opinion, you had advice to give me, but it just came in this way that made me feel so comfortable. And I think that's so important when you're talking about styling. Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. And, um, you know, I think when we think about your brand name of Co-Chic Styling, there's definitely a part of that in sort of the essence. Exactly. It's comfortably chic. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> I guess I know that from a brand perspective. <laughs> um, so, okay. What I would love to know now is just talking a little bit about what your biggest motivator is for owning and running a business. And I'm curious if it's changed over the years. And one of the reasons I'm asking is because I don't know in our background noise, I feel like, so you're a stay a work, working mother, right? Yes. And I love that. I love that part of the story. And I always like to, you know, we're, so part of what we do with this series is going to the workspace that everyone is working in most of the time and so we're very fortunate to be in your home um, so beautifully designed and such a good part of your style but you. the other part of it is that you know the reality that you have a little one here and um, I was hearing her a little bit she's taking a nap and I love that but that's great because we want that ambient sounds <laughs> um, so but I was I, as I as I heard her I was thinking and I don't know if it picked it up so maybe it just sounds like I was hearing things in my head but <laughs> But I'm curious if your motivation has changed, especially just knowing that you know you've you've grown a family over the last year and a half. Yeah, I, uh, when I first became an entrepreneur with my mom and my sister, um, it just it was just a really good opportunity for me at the time. Um, I had worked at an ad agency before, right out of college, um, and I had always been into fashion. And my mom had always talked about opening a store. Um, so, you know, she asked my sister and I to get on board and, uh, you know, we just went for it, but I was in my early twenties. Um, so, you know, taking that risk now might've been, you know, I might've been a little bit more cautious, I think. Um, but the fact that I was able to start this, the second business before having kids, I think. I kind of thought once again, well, what do I have to lose? You know, yeah. Uh, I just got to go for it. And you just got to kind of believe that you're going to succeed. Um, so now, um, 
it's less of a good opportunity and it's more the fact that I have a flexible schedule um, you know I, I work where and when I want unless I'm going to a client of course I work around their schedule um, but it's nice to be able to have the opportunity to work at home while my daughter's napping yeah yeah I'm curious what maybe some of the biggest ways that work has changed for you in sort of a day-to-day mode from the time that you started this part of your business before she was here and and now with you know being a mother and in your day in and day out as well yeah um it, it was a lot to get used to to be honest and i think that a lot of working moms feel the same way um you know you kind of have to get your rhythm going and kids are very unpredictable usually she's sleeping <laughs> right now <laughs> uh so you really have to be adaptable um, you know, I can't just go and work at a coffee shop whenever I want, which is what I did before. Um, I really have to find ways to stay focused at home and to really, you know, get as much work as I can into these short periods of time. Um, and, and also, of course, working at night, which I didn't really do much before unless a client needed me to come at night. Um, so it's just it's just shifting your schedule and figuring it out and I do I have childcare a couple days a week so that helps too um, but it's great I still definitely want to work while being a mom and I know not everyone wants that but it's important to me to still have my career yeah so I'm lucky to be able to do both yeah I think it's I think it's great I do and and I'm sure that um, you know those transitions over time have become something that's just easier and easier and I mean some days maybe not as easy as others but um, I think it's that's fantastic and again I think it speaks to your ability to continue to sort of I use the word pivot but you know just in your story there's lots of places where there's been transitions from kind of professional to professional and professional and personal and you know finding a way to carve out what you find success is for you exactly right exactly which, which I think is a special part about um, working for yourself and I know that's something that you had mentioned um, a little while ago is that one of the things for you that you've um, enjoyed is the ability to work for yourself right and and um, I, th I recently read that there's sort of two types of um, I don't want to say two types of people but as we sort of think about from a career perspective there's those that um, enjoy working for the CEO and there's those who enjoy being the CEO mm -hmm. and uh, the the article that I read was that basically we're all sort of wired one way or another it doesn't mean we can't do one or the other or learn to do one or the other but that at the end of the day we sort of just inherently know which is who we are and I know for me having a career working for the CEO there was a lot of reward and structure and stability out of that financially but I always knew my inner voice said you want to be the CEO right yeah. and I, I I've sort of always felt that with you too um, and I think that's just so amazing that you've had this nice longevity of entrepreneurship really which is amazing um, so with that in mind my last question for you is what are you most proud of I think I'm most proud of the fact that I've been able to be an entrepreneur for, oh my gosh, how long has it been? Seven years? Yeah. And I have really found uh, self-motivation because as you know, when you're your own boss, you really need to be self-motivated <laughs> Yes. or else you could just sit around all day and drink coffee. <laughs> uh, so I'm proud of myself for... Um, 
for finding that and for being able to do what I love doing. I love that. That's great. Uh, well, this was so much fun. Thank it you was, as always for being guest number two. <laughs> and um, like I said, uh, I just thank you again for having me in this beautiful space. Thank great you job. for coming. Good job. <laughs> okay. <laughs>